literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to Austin Found. It's good to see you, Michael. It's good. been been a little bit of a hiatus here. It is. While I was doing some traveling, but we, we keep cranking out some episodes and uh, staying on top of it. Anyhow, welcome to the show. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. There's an ongoing story that Austinites are pretty much all aware of, and you dug deep into it because of one woman. And the story I'm referring to is the Austin Municipal Golf Course, the whole Save Muni campaign. movement, if you want to call right, it. Campaign. Right. Campaign's a better word. Of course, I've been following it. Uh, I lived in Westlake for 14 years and would drive by it on my way into town every day mm-hmm. on Exposition Boulevard, and I was always curious about it. I had no idea the story of Muni goes way back. Oh, way, and, way back. And even the efforts to save it. Go way back. Go farther back than I ever realized. It's on a piece of land that was really kind of backwoodsy at the time that it was given to the University of Texas by prominent backer of the university, uh, George Breckenridge. And that's why it's called the Breckenridge Tract. And he gave it to the university in 1910, I believe, 1908 or 1910. Basically, his idea was move camp- the campus down there by the river. That Move the whole campus? Move the whole campus. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Oh, yes. Well, because the original 40 acres was just 40 acres. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't started moving east to Waller Creek and then across Waller Creek and then across what became Interstate 35. They were really pinned in mm-hmm. there, this green and, and billowing land by the lake was very inviting as we know you two didn't move there (laughs) right they hung on to it and because they're a university they hung on to it for almost 100 years so they have done several things with it there's married student housing there which started out as kind of barracks there's the field lab for the botany department that one's world-class they're not going to get rid of it And they've sold off bits and pieces of land, like where the new HEB is coming in at Exposition. Where the old Randalls, yeah. Where the old Randalls was. The biggest chunk of it belongs, I mean, is leased by the city of Austin for the Lions Municipal Golf Course. Which started in 1924, I believe. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. The downtown Lions Club chapter which is, by the way, the oldest in the world. I think that's come up in this. It has. This was one of their public service projects. They were going to turn this empty tract of land into a golf course, and they did. There's there's tax reasons, aren't there? Aren't there tax benefits for a golf course, I believe? Really? It's almost like an ag exemption. Oh, really? I, I think, did not know that. I think that's part I'll of the reason a golf course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was sheltering cool. some of the property cool. tax. Well, by the the mid thirties uh, or by the end of the thirties, the city of Austin had taken over the lease and pretty much had it, you know, without incident until 
Frank Irwin came along, the controversial uh, regent, who decided, you know what? It's too much trouble pushing east from the current campus. Why don't we reconsider what we've got down by the lake? And he saw Muni as a great opportunity <laughs> to either make some money mm -hmm. or move some of the campus there. And what time frame was this? This was the early 70s. Okay. okay. This is the early 70s. And this is where Mary Arnold enters the story. This is, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's my fault there. The whole point of this is <laughs> to get to this woman named Mary Arnold. Mary but Arnold, I, but Mary I, Arnold. But I think what's <laughs> important for the listeners to hear is if you've lived here in the last decade, uh, alone, you would think this Save Muni issue is fresh, brand new. It's, it goes it's way back. 50 years old they've been trying to save Muni, and it's not completely safe. Right. <laughs> because every 10 or so years, the University of Texas system says, you know, we could do something else with that. And the city, and especially the activists in Terrytown in that area, or I'm like, no, this is a big piece of green space mm -hmm. that we need to keep. We're going to add activities, which they have over the years. It's not just a golf course. But 50 years ago, just about 50 years ago, Mary Arnold came on and said, yeah, I'll help out. Mary Arnold, who's now 86, by the way. Right. And she dug in her heels deep on this one. She did. She did. She, <laughs> and she was a Terrytown resident, too. Yeah, right? she lives. She and her husband, Bill, live in a very modest one-story Terrytown house. When they were a young couple and, and shopping in that neighborhood for a lot, the lots were going for. Oh, wait for it, people. Wait, $9,000. <laughs> because <laughs> it was so far west. Oh, yeah. Who would want to live that far? Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. So anyway, she dug her heels in, and she was very good at research. And she knew how the state government especially worked because she had been a legislative aide. She'd been involved in, in uh, mapping out legislation in the past. So even though she wasn't part of the government, she understood the government better than almost anybody else. And so she was able to badger the city and badger the university and get inside the legislature. And every time there was a threat to Muni, she was there. There are people at the university who've got to be going, not her again. I know. <laughs> right? I mean, she's, she's so soft-spoken, <laughs> carefully spoken. She she never raises her voice. She's Her eyes are sparkling. You think well, this sweet lady is is not going to be much trouble. And then within 10 minutes, they realize, oh, she knows this better than all the rest of us put wow. together. She made this her fight. Yeah. Which is incredible. I mean, the people that I know that are big into it, mostly Terrytown people uh, or avid golfers, and there's a rich history of Oh, yeah. Um, several of our major superstars, like Ben Crenshaw and so forth, Tom Kite, they all played there growing up. Yeah. And so, yeah, the golfing community, also the social justice community, because it was the first public golf course in the South to be integrated. Hmm. And that was a pretty big deal. And it happened just almost by accident. Uh, um, black players started showing up, and they asked the head of the park department, what do we do? And they said, let them play. Yeah, 
So, and there's wow. a historical marker about that mm-hmm. uh, now at the entrance of Lyons Municipal. That's really helped with the plea to, to keep it Absolutely. as it is. But then it it, it costs it costs money to maintain. Absolutely, and that's always been an issue too. Yeah. Well, and and the UT system always raises the rent and finds way. But you know, the city can fight back because the city, and I don't mean fight. I mean they mm-hmm. they discuss things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was a fight, but the city through its planning and and permitting can say, yeah, well if you don't play nice with this here what you want to do when you want to expand the medical uh, school or you have another piece of land you want to deal with not to mention they literally changed streets for the medical multiple school. times yes they actually changed streets when they put in the Irwin center and now they've changed yes. them again so uh yeah you got you got a couple power people with a lot of power <laughs> between the university and the city of austin who has more power well, in the long run, the, the university. But the other thing I found interesting in reading your, you know, your article about Mary Arnold is it's these negotiations and extensions from the university. They're only like two, three year increments. Mm. They're they're not laying out the next f- fifty, 50 years, years, ninety nine no. year lease. No, no, it's not like that. They. This is going to be an ongoing battle. Right. The last two extensions of this new conglomerate uh, law that creates a, 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 um, a private group to raise money to buy it permanently. Anyway, it's a public-private kind of uh, thing. And, and Senator uh, Kirk Watson had introduced it, I guess, uh, four years ago. And now Senator Eckhart has you know, gotten an extension for it because for those who may be new to austin you don't know our senator was our former mayor and maybe your future one did you see that in the paper today i did yeah i i would embrace seeing kirk watson as well we shouldn't be doing political (laughs) (laughs) i can get away with it well yeah but not me (laughs) i'm still you're the true journalist well that's true (laughs) uh we should say that this is unlike a lot of the uh, stories we cover here on Austin Found. This one is not yet in a volume of Indelible Austin, but rather ran August 7th, 2021. And it will be online forever. And so, yeah, if you want to go back and learn more about Mary Arnold and about Muni, then just Google Michael Barnes and Mary Arnold will be right at the top. It's it's a great read. And there's so many more details about her life, her her history. And how she met her her, her husband, husband, Bill. Can we share that a little bit oh, of that yeah. real quick? Because yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great story. No, she'd come back to Austin and was staying. She had gone to school here. She would have gone normally as, as valedictorian of Highland Park High School in Dallas. She would normally have gone, you'd think, to an Ivy League school in the 1950s, but they didn't accept women yet. And the head of the Plan to Honors program at UT contact her and said you can get just as good education in this program at UT as you could in an Ivy and we want you hmm. so she went to UT she later studied at the London School of Economics she was a go-getter and she was staying with friends actually in Terrytown mm-hmm. on Bridal Path which by the way before I ever saw it written I thought people were we're saying B-R-I-D-A-L path. Right. <laughs> something like to do with word. weddings. <laughs> and then it went, finally I went, oh, 
It's horses, yes. <laughs> but anyway, she was staying there with some chums, and he he would come in and cook for them on the weekends. Odd for a young man just out mm-hmm. of the Navy. And one day he came by while she was listening to some classical music and reading, and he was, says, I'm here to fix some, some electricity for you. And he came in, he had a little baby bouncing on his hip, and so... She went, mm, yeah, mm, he's interesting. Mm-hmm. And so then he left, and one of the roommates came home and said, oh, did you meet him, Bill? Did you meet Bill? And she goes, yeah, I guess he's married, right? Mm-hmm. No, he was babysitting. And she, <laughs> she she went, she just started adding up in her head, he can cook, mm-hmm. he knows about electrical stuff, and he's good with kids. So she re-enrolled in school <laughs> in order to date him. That's powerful. That's sweet. It's so sweet. That's so funny. I love that story because those are like the three things where I can tell my wife looks at me a little different. <laughs> if I'm doing something with my daughter, I'm cooking or I'm fixing something around the yeah, house. Yeah, those are big things. I, I'm definitely more attractive to her than 99% of the time. Great, great story. And, you know, Mary Arnold's still going to keep, she's going to keep on this uh, as long as she can. Oh, yeah. She's not slowing down at all. She is. And she's involved in a lot of other environmental things. She's okay. she's a part of that. I call her the godmother of the green movement in Austin. She she allied with a lot of people that ended up Beverly Sheffield and just all kinds of people that oh, with their regular dinners. Oh, and that too. They have yeah. the Tuesday night dinners that Bill heads up. You know, people just say, "I'm coming. I'm bringing three people." people bring their own beer and he goes and gets the groceries and makes Mm. dinner. So they've been doing this for decades and there's a little dispute in the family as to who started it. Because I wrote what Mary told me, which Mm. is that their daughter Ellen started it. (laughs) But in fact, I got a message from somebody else saying, no, it was Wade, the son that started it. We're going to correct this. (laughs) He wasn't being really serious, but. Well, anyway, it, it's it's a great read. Like uh, Michael said, you can Google it. Mary Arnold, Michael Barnes, Austin It'll American right Statesman. Up. Get more. Of, there's too many details to share on this show about her amazing life. I've already forwarded the article to some friends of mine who are avid golfers and have been really close to the Muni story. It's like, hey, there's a lot more to this story that you may not know, uh, in particular how long this has been going on. Yeah. And what a good thing for you to do, to forward a story or to retweet it or to share it on Mm -hmm. Facebook. People don't really think that through that, oh, this is really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody else would like to have it. And, of course, we (laughs) at the newspaper would love that. (laughs) Right. And by that same token, you can forward on this podcast to a friend of yours. If if uh, you have that friend that is too lazy to read, (laughs) we're here for you. Or they're driving their car. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're so active. They're multitasking. Yes. But anyway, great, great story. I'd love to bump into I took a good look at those pictures of Mary Arnold in case I bump into her someday. Um, She's a sweetheart. Yeah. You can write to us at mbarnes at statesman.com. In fact, here is a quick email we got. Uh, it said, I just found Austin Found. Thank you for giving us this. Like you, I'm not old or new to Austin. I moved here in 1978 to go to UT and couldn't find a reason to leave. Can you answer one question or direct me to somewhere I can find it? Why do the numbered streets run north and south and south Austin and east and west 
is more typical in North Austin. That's from Gordon Leff. I'm putting you on the spot. With well, this email. and, and <laughs> I gave him a half answer and he found out the rest of it himself. And so I'm glad I got him started. Okay. But the, the, the east west streets north of the river that are numerals. Uh, originally, as you know, were trees, were named for trees, like Pecan was 6th Street. Mm -hmm. And they changed in the 1890s. And business people and city leaders all thought, you know, numbered streets are a lot more, a lot easier to remember. And I don't know it if that's true. It was way before Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had to think about an address and a street, and you had an idea of where So it when is. they started laying out the, the north-south streets in Bolden, uh, south of the river, which was very late, mid 20th century, they really got away, uh, got underway there. They went, oh, well, it's working north of the river. Let's do it mm. south of mm. the river. I thought it was silly when I moved here. And now I live a block from South First and I'm like, it's just natural. Mm -hmm. But he went ahead, the reader went ahead and found more details about that. But uh, I'd have to ask him again. Okay. All right. Well, it's cool. You can, uh, again, Always fire off any question to us or just your comments. mbarnes at statesman.com. Or, or Jay Hager, H-A-G-E-R at statesman.com. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for tuning in to Austin Found. Happy trails. 